What's good, y'all? Welcome back to My First Kicks. This is episode 135, and this week we welcome Anthony, a.k.a. Eric Conway, to the podcast. And man, this is a hell of an episode. He, I mean, he'll go into it. You'll hear about it. Uh, but he worked on Full Size Run for a while as their booking guy. I don't know if it's like booking agent, um, but he helped with booking guests for that show. And it was just really dope to just be able to talk to him about his process and how he was able to, you know, connect sneakers with his career path and see how far it takes him. And I mean, listen, we all I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast, We've all have watched Full Size Run and seen how just fun it is to be on that show. And we just get to learn like the the behind the scenes about it. And I was very excited about it. We we go for a, a long time and it's just a fun chat. So I'm very excited to jump into that. Uh, yo, listen, 135 episodes, you know, I just just thinking about it. I don't understand how. I've gotten this far with this podcast. We've had ups and downs and it's wild. Uh, 135. I just think about it like that. And, you know, this is kind of still the tip of the iceberg. Uh, and if you have any guests that you would love, love to see on here, just let me know or just mention it in a comment. Be like, yo, you would be a great, you know, tag me, tag the podcast. Yo, you'd be a great guest on my first kicks. So. You know, I'm out here. I'm trying to promote, trying to trying to get more people on. So as we do that, I still owe you guys a kick talk. I'm working on the guest for that. And it's just because I've been just having very more. I don't know why I'm, I can't speak, but I just been having a lot more luck with finding guests. And I haven't been wanting to break up just that like, consecutive streak of just guest after guest after guest. but. You know, I've been really feeling like we should have a chat with somebody that has been on and we can just talk about kicks and and like current day, current events and just bullshit. And I owe y'all that. So hopefully that should be soon. I am working to put that together. I have some, a couple ideas just because I want to spice it up. I don't want to just keep bringing the same stuff over and over uh, and just want to make sure that. You know, I'm keeping you guys just interested to come back each week, each week with a new episode. So on to where you can find Ant, a.k.a. Conway. You can find him on social medias as Air, A-I-R Conway. Uh, just follow him on, on that stuff. Show that you listen to this episode and you want to support that you came through to following him because of this podcast. And I would be greatly appreciated of that because we would love to grow this community as, you know, a former guest have come on and continue the conversation beyond the podcast. And you know where to find me. I am who is hostile all social medias, follow the podcast of my first kicks pod, follow the podcast on YouTube and TikTok at my first kicks. Please hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. It would help me out, you know, tremendously. And yeah, if any way you can help the pod, please do share, 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 review, like, tell your friends. And on to this week's guest, Eric Conway. 
Hey, Conway, welcome to the podcast. Yo, appreciate you for having me. Thank you very much. Happy to be nah, here. Yo, thank you for jumping on. You know, I, luck, of the, luck of the straw, in my opinion, because like I hit you up after you were you were shouted out on full size run. I was just like, let me get, let me add this guy. Let me see. Let me see what's going on over here. Um, and and then you actually resp- I, I didn't make it seem like that was the only reason I, I hit you up. I did like make it conversational and <laughs> not be weird <laughs> but but it was dope that that like you know we we, we got to talk about some stuff before i've been like yo man you want to jump in this podcast <laughs> yeah, absolutely man you know sneakers have been a passion for a minute uh working on full size run was dope i'm gonna be honest when you reached out initially i was like oh this dude gonna be like hey can you hook me up with so-and-so and so-and-so can you give me complex con tickets and nah it was actually like really nice and organic so i appreciate that you know you set up a relationship first before you know, we really got into having me on the show. Granted, though, had you asked me from jump, I would have said yes. This, this is fun. And like, why wouldn't I want to do this? You know? Nah, yeah. I mean, I get that. I was just like, I think it was just like you posted something. I was just like, yo, these are dope. And then we ended up just just kind of creating like a small little bond over that, which was I thought it was better than me because like I I do all the cold messaging. I'll just be like, yo, you know, hey, you feel like you want to jump on an episode of the podcast? And then mm-hmm. he'll be like, who are you? I don't know who you are. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then I also get the other side where people are just like, yo, let me jump on your podcast. And I'm like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know anything about you. So how I'm going to be like, What's like? Let me let me at least get to like kind of know who you are. So it's a lot. Yeah, you're like nice shoes. However, like I don't know where this is going, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've I've had to be like, I mean, it was very early on when I first started this that people were just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm into sneakers, and I'd be like, okay, but like, do you do you do anything besides? walk around yeah, like, where will this go beyond like oh like i struck out on sneakers on saturday it's like bet me too bro like we gotta stretch this out for like 45 to an hour what are we doing yeah man. but for people who aren't familiar with you how about you introduce yourself uh for sure um i am a, a talent booker and producer uh, i've been doing that for about gosh about 10 years now um so yeah, it's been a little it's been a minute um but yeah the most previous uh spot that i worked at was complex which was super dope i was there for about a year and a half um and i worked on the show full size run um which was not funny enough uh what i was supposed to be doing when i got there the uh, oh, the, the the position was open and it was supposed to be a temporary thing mm-hmm. and then um you know it turned into four seasons of doing it no complaints on my end whatsoever <laughs> But uh, yeah, and on top of that, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of sneakers. I've been collecting since I was 17, mm-hmm. which is weird because actually, no, it's be- it's actually before that. I've been collecting shoes since I was like 12, 12, Damn. 13. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm turning 34 this weekend. And it's just wild to like put that in perspective. Like you've been doing this for more than 20 years now, bro. Like that's wild. <laughs> that's, I mean, listen, I, I turned 35 in July last year. This okay. is literally a month uh, ago and almost a month ago because uh, my birthday's a second. But the like the idea that, you know, I was still like I've seen so many people come in and out, you know, and I've been consistent and be like, you know, obviously I won't cop everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how people do it because I'll be I, even the like even if I'm like, all right, I'll do 10 sneakers this year and, mm-hmm. and that's a, like that's the heavy side of it if i'll do mm-hmm. like 10 sneakers this year i'm still like man i'm still paycheck to paycheck right now <laughs> like yeah. it's not sustainable especially now right like yeah. i think back to like you know high school college you got 
three, four, five decent retros in a year. And it was like, all right, like I can make this work. Now yeah. it's like you getting a retro every weekend. And right. now like, you know, everybody's throwing their hat, like, you know, they're out of hat in the ring. Like, you know, you're dealing with Yeezy restocks now. And, you know, occasionally something will pop up that's like, you know, a throwback from Reebok or like mm-hmm. New Balance has got something going on. Or like, you know, this collab that you weren't even considering or thinking about you cannot keep up with all of these shoes and like, you know, be buying all of this stuff or you will go broke. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. Like I know a shout out to Mr. Miller. Uh, he's on IG and like, I was on one of his shows and I, every week he's like, you know, these shoes are coming out. I'm getting these. And I'm like, and then he's just like, yeah, you know, I won these and these. And I'm just like, man, do, do I just have like a terrible job? Like, <laughs> no, you have responsibilities and you have a 401k and like a life that you're trying to plan for. And no disrespect to anybody out there. Like, you know, has like the finances and like, you know, the, the, the fluid cash to be able to pull mm-hmm. that off. But that's not for the average person, especially if you <laughs> You're not getting plugs, discounts, this, that, and the third. Nah, man, like that's not that's not how most of us are out here living. <laughs> I mean, shoot, that I mean, well, hopefully it's the plugs and the connect that get that I get to that world. Just let me in there where I'm just like, oh man, know. that's the goal. Getting on that seating <laughs> list and making sure you're yeah. getting taken care of. That's what you want. Get that email, that random email, be like, yo, man, you know, did you did you want these? Like, hell yeah, I want Bruh, these. <laughs> the best. All right, so like this, I don't get plugged on shoes. Like it does not happen like that. I think I've gotten tossed in oop maybe like twice. Mm-hmm. But um, way, way back, I did get lucky through a friend uh, for the first pair of Union Ones. Oh, nice. I was able to get onto the early list for those and was able to, like, you know, pre-order my pair, everything. Mm-hmm. They shipped them out. Like, I paid retail a month after they came out, which was even what? crazier. Wow. Um, but, yeah, a friend of mine, he was like, yo, like, check these out. He was like, you know, friend of mine, like, you know, I was working on these shoes, showed them off. I was like, oh, these are cool, whatever. Like, you know, it was like the mock-ups. And then a year later... He's like, hey, like here's like the the Excel spreadsheet. He's like, you know, put in whatever you want. And like, you know, you good. And it's funny because Brandon actually talked about it uh, mm-hmm. on the episode of Full Size Run with uh, Chris Gibbs, mm-hmm. where he was like this infamous spreadsheet that was just floating around. Um, I think Brandon even said like, you know, he grabbed a pair off of it. Like, you know, he was like, I wanted to get the black toes and I ended up getting both. But he was like, some people ordered like four or five pair off of that list and like actually received them. So, yeah, could have totally ran that one up, but like yeah, we were trying to like, be nice. We're not going to be greedy, you know, whatever. But nah, like some people definitely came up off of, you know, having the having the, the plug early and like, you know, just kind of capitalizing on the opportunity. I mean, I don't know. Like, I see that's like the, the not like I'm greedy, but like that, like. Oh, I feel bad if I'm do if I would do something like because like even when it's like my friends would be like, yo, come through to this concert. I got I got you or like come through to this comedy show. I got you. I'm always like I'm not hitting up people be like, yo, man, you want to like you want to roll with me? I'm always just like, you know, it's just me. Yeah, like, I'm not going to use the plus one. Like, I'm not going to take you up on anything extra. I'm probably going to buy you a drink once I get there. Like, yeah. I definitely don't want it to feel transactional. You don't want to be that. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Since you're here, let me ask you the question that I ask everybody each week. And that mm-hmm. question is, what's your first kicks? What's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have? First pair of shoes that I absolutely had to have uh, were mm-hmm. the Air Jordan 17s. They came out when I was in seventh grade. Um, I went to private school. So, you know, we had mm-hmm. to wear a uniform every day. But every now and then they taught you a dress down day and you got to like, you know, stunt and show off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lived uh, in Southern Maryland, right outside of D.C. That's where I'm from. And uh, that was the year that Jordan was back on the Wizards. It was my uh, my seventh grade, my eighth grade year um, he was playing. And, you know, that was like a huge thing. Like, you know, have Jordan like, you know, in your backyard, like doing this thing. 
And when the 17s came out, I was like, I got to get a pair of them. Um, begged my parents for them. I was like, I got to get them before school ends. That way I can get like, you know, one quick flex in them, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't know enough about shoes to say whether or not I wanted the highs or the lows. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Foot Locker and they asked, for whatever reason, I was like, oh, the lows. Like, that's like, you know, like the pair that I wanted. And completely boofed it because I didn't get my suitcase. I didn't get the CD. I didn't get any of like, you know, you the, get none the, of the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I loved the the low top pairs. I had the Carolina blues. That was my mm-hmm. first numbered pair of Jordans. And I wore those with everything. Like I had a, an iron on wizard Jersey, like a champion joint like, that I was wearing. Oh man, I see it right there. now. The baggy jean, baggy jean shorts. Bruh, like, <laughs> like the first, like that dress down there, they were like laid out on the bed, like next to me. I was like, we gotta have this perfect, like, you know, no creases ready to go. And yeah. the best thing was, uh, the way that my school was set up, it was like a car line. So like, you know, when you pulled up, everybody was outside and like, you know, at the front playground area before you went in when like, you know, the actual bell rang. Mm-hmm. So everybody saw what fish you had on when you were going in. And when I came out and stepped out and like, you know, you saw the, the chrome heel tab and the jerk, everybody's looking at me. And I was just like, yes, this is this is it. I've arrived. I want this feeling for the rest of my life. Put this into a <laughs> bottle so I can encapsulate it. Yeah, I was hooked ever since. Would you say that was your peak? <laughs> it's like, I, I, I'll tell you this because, like, well, I'll show you something later on. Like, I'll yeah. say like it, it, it was definitely like top three, top five for sure. But like, ever since then, it's like, oh, like I got to get that feeling back. Like, I need to break next. I need people to know what I got. I need, I need that feeling because yeah, there's nothing better than like you know, at the very least, somebody telling you like, hey, like I like the shoes you got on, or like, hey, mm-hmm. like that fish you got is clean. But like when you get that in seventh grade and like everybody looking at you. Man, <laughs> you feel like the hottest thing on the block. Like you feel oh, like you're the man. coolest person out. Like mm-hmm. ah, I was different after that. It changed me like on a molecular <laughs> level. <laughs> Facts. Uh, for the listeners, I'm going to give a little synopsis of the Air Jordan 17 OG Low Carolina. Released in 2002, the Air Jordan 17 Low features a premium black leather upper with patent snakeskin detailing and an integrated lace up closure for lockdown and a visible inner sleeve for more supportive fit for a more supportive fit the low top also sports a lightweight pylon midsole and molded air sole unit uh university tpu heel stabilizer for support and a full length shank shank plate you get you get your you get your shank plate on with that one man I'm telling you, they're coming back out again next year. And I right, just saw yeah. a report that they're going to be 300 for the Lightnings, which Jeez. is just insane because I'm like, they were 150 when they came out and the technology has not changed. But I'm going to be honest, like as much as I'm complaining about it, Nike's you getting my money. Like it's going Yeah, you going for them? That's, that's I it. Too. I can't not. Like they're, I never got to have the Lightnings and I'm never mm-hmm. going to probably get another opportunity to grab them because they're going to release these and they're not going to do well because people are not going to pay that price. So yeah, so you're not you're not gonna take the gamble and just wait until they go on sale. You just gonna if they go on sale, I'll get I'll get a second pair. Yeah, yeah, second pair. (laughs) (laughs) I need these. I need these a lot. Like I've been waiting on them since the first rumor came out that they were dropping, and now Mm it's official. I'm like, I don't want to pay it, and it's going to hurt, and it's not gonna feel good, but. They're gonna be on my feet when they come out. That's a must. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, look, the so this is definitely like we're around the same age. So like going to this was, I want to say high school. Yeah, because the sixteen, I was in middle middle school or mm-hmm. yeah middle school, 
And then I made this TikTok, which I talk about on here a lot, but it's this TikTok where I, I talk about the 16s and everybody ran into me on that one. They were like, no, you're wrong. They, they're not ugly. And I was just like, this, I'm talking about me. I'll talk about for me. <laughs> You're like, I'm speaking for myself from my perspective with my opinion. Mm-hmm. I like 16s, Loki. Like, I, I I have an appreciation for them because like that was that was what was on the shelf. Like that was like, you know, the shoe that I remember seeing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like this is what everybody's grabbing and gravitating towards. So yeah, 16s, 17s, 18s, even the 19s. I'd say 20s is like right where it stops. Like I got love really? for like that shoe, but like 21s, 22s, and eh. 23s, I actually I like have the 23s. A little bit of an yeah. They're not comfortable because I have wide feet and uh-huh. they will just chop at your pinky toe because of that little plastic bit. But mm. I have a I have a really soft spot for those. But yeah, all of those shoes were the ones that, you know, when I had money and like, you know, could could do a little something like that I wanted to and like, you know, put a little fit together. Those were the ones that I was those were the ones I was trying to grab. <laughs> what was your first job? Like were oh, like man. at what point what at what point did you go, I like your mom and dad or your parents were just like, nah, we're not paying for sneakers no more. You got to get your own job. Like, where, where were you at? You know, I was fortunate enough that in middle school, high school, well, middle school especially, I was I was never really big on shoes and I was really hard on them. So, like, I would dog a pair of shoes until, like, you know, they were nothing. Mm-hmm. And then my mom would be, like, begging me, like, we have to get you something else. <laughs> so it wasn't until, like, it became like it is now that it was just like, you know, hey, we, we're not supporting this anymore, you know? Uh-huh. Um, my first job that I had that really allowed for me to kind of do what I wanted, I worked at uh, Reagan National Airport and I was a student ambassador. And my job, um, you know, when you like, you know, you're going through security through TSA, you put all your stuff in the big gray plastic bin to run it through the the x-ray machine. Yeah. My job was to move it from the end of the x-ray machine back to the front of the x-ray machine. And I did that all day long. What? Like five days a week. Wait, the the bin itself or like? Like the actual bin. Like I would stack up all of the bins and there was a part that you put them on and you had to move it like when like they ran out to like back to the front. And you did that for eight hours a day. 40 hours a week. And I did that all summer, right? That was the summer between my junior year and my high, uh, my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was how I was supporting, like, you know, like this, this shoe, this shoe thing I had going on. And then <laughs> even in college, it was like, you know, I did odd jobs here and there, just like, you know, pull somebody together. Mm-hmm. My uh, sophomore year of high school, no, my sophomore year of college was uh, the year that the CDPs dropped. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not not getting somebody's drinks because they would only retro drop. And I was like, I got to scrape together three hundred and ten dollars to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And there was a place right off campus that was called Book Holders and they would buy back your old textbooks. My job was to take the little like, you know, the little like cards and drop them off after every single class, like on like the very last day of class. Mm-hmm. Let you know, like hey, that history book that you paid two hundred dollars for, they'll buy it back from up the street for 40 bucks. Yeah. And for every room that you went to, you got ten dollars. So I would just stack up as many of them as I possibly could Jeez. so that I could like, you know, have my little spending money. And that was how I got my 11 and 12 pack when that dropped. That's such yeah. a, it's always been a, that's a scheme. Way another. That's it, a scheme. it really is. And it's so <laughs> messed up that it's just like, I'm literally telling you, like, I'm a pawn this thing back from you and you're not going to get close to what you paid. But it benefited me and it got me when I needed it. It's literally GameStop for books. Like that's hundred percent what it was. But yeah, that that was another way to like, you know, I got what I wanted. And yeah, it was always like that. And so, you know, things got a little bit more nine to five and like, you know, actual like career. But yeah, at the time that was we just got to make enough money to stay fresh. Were you still just into Jordans during that time or were you expanding out? 
Um, for the most part, Jordans. Uh, I liked Dunks a lot, but back then it was like you really had to know what you were doing because right. it was like you really had Nike Talk and maybe like you know a couple other forums or places to just know where to go and where to grab things at. Um, so like you know mm-hmm. I had a couple SBs that I had eyes on. Um, the my junior year of college was when the Easy Ones came out, um, and I think that I actually scraped enough money together from book holders again to be able to get uh, the blinks and to be able to get the tan pair uh, retail. I still have both of them, but um, yeah, like I was kind of like, you know, looking at other stuff too, but like it was hard then. Cause like there weren't as many, it was like a lot of like, you know, retros here, there, couple of dunks, maybe like, you know, like the random like GR, like, you know, air force one or whatever that just kind of looked cool. But yeah, Jordans were like the number one at the time for sure. No, yeah. Where'd you go to college? Like, were you, were you stay, did you stay local during that time? I was time? local. I was in, uh, right outside of Baltimore. I went to Towson University, mm-hmm. uh, which hey, was nice. shout out to, shout out to Towson. Uh, yeah. friend of my, friend of the podcast, Ryan Sickler also went there. Okay. Uh, and, uh, he's a big comedian, big comedian, big comedian in my eyes. That's for sure. But yeah. the, the, I, I went to, uh, Baltimore, like, uh, before, the pandemic i went to jimmy seafood and stuff like that but yeah it's 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 wild out there because like we would just i would just i just went straight there and then i just went went back <laughs> i um i got my yeezy ones from a uh a downtown locker room in uh baltimore and i'm not gonna lie the night before i was like camping out here don't feel like what i oh, should you be actually camped right out now. in there well here was the dumb thing the first time it was a camp out the second time they did a raffle but like mm-hmm. for whatever reason in my mind i told myself like if you stay here like real late and like don't leave that'll up your chances don't ask me why like the math wasn't mathing and still isn't but i was just like nah like we got to stick around because like maybe they're lying to me or something uh-huh. um but the first time was a camp out and i got them the second time was a raffle um and my ticket was the third one to get called it's like the luckiest moment that i've ever had in my sneaker Jeez. like history career whatever but uh yeah man <laughs> we do we do wild things for shoes that's that's i mean I think that's got to be the most dangerous to me. Like, I mean, if you think of <laughs> you're just camping out in the wire, like imagine if they had like a camp out in the <laughs> a camp out scene in the wire. Like, and, like it's like wild because like it was like a shopping center and it was like, oh, like there's like a grocery store next door. It's like, you know, kids and like, you know, senior citizens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Walking around. I was like, there's nothing to worry about. And then it got like dark and everything closed. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't care if my odds have like, you know, decreased if I leave right now. We went back home, and played Call of Duty until like six o'clock in the morning. I was like, all right, now let's go back when it's like a little bit of daybreak <laughs> i need at least a little bit of light out like, it's gotta be a little bit more light outside because it don't feel right right now man <laughs> what what i mean did you do more than camp did you do like several camp outs did you get to learn what the sneaker scene and sneaker culture was around there during that time i didn't do a lot of them you know for the most part it was like just get to the mall early like mm-hmm. you know get there just early enough that like you're not the you're not getting there when the gates go up you know mm-hmm. so uh, the CDPs when the 11, 12 pack came out, got to the mall at like five in the morning, you know, um, when the Yeezys dropped, we did that whole goofiness. Um, mm-hmm. when the South beach LeBrons came out, uh, I did an actual camp out for that one, which retrospect just feels wild. Cause I'm like, I would never camp out for that shoe now. Like I like it still. And I appreciate it. Yo, the hype, the hype for that shoe at that time, like you had to be there. It, it's, it's a it shoe. It really was. Yeah. It was a different time. And again, it's like, it wasn't as democratized as it is now. So just finding everything and like, you know, getting your hands on it and just knowing where to go. Like it was hard. Like 
there's so many times like I would go to a store because it's like, oh, I'm gonna go to this Foot Locker because this is like, you know, where I get all my stuff at. And then you show up and they don't even have a full size running. You're just like, wait, like what's going on? Like, how did y'all not get these? Like, did you backdoor them? Like, did y'all not get a full shipment? What's happening? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a really weird time before social media and everything because you didn't know what was out there. It was just a matter of like, you know, hopefully a lot of you know somebody there. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, get there early, like in earlier in the day before and like mm-hmm. ask people like, hey, are you getting these? How many are you getting? Whatever. What like, size are you? Yeah, are you like, like yeah. all of that stuff had to get figured out. Now it's 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 still not as, as clear as it could be. Mm-hmm. In some ways, I still appreciate that time more than I do this, but yeah, it was very much like, you know, hearsay and like word of mouth. And maybe this person could hook you up and tell you like where to go for this. And yeah, man, it's always been a wild west out here. <laughs> now it's like follow a, a random Twitter account and then they will like tell you, yeah. oh, yeah, this is coming out. And then yeah, you see have your notifications <laughs> just in case they shock drop. It's like, why am I getting paying 60 times in a day? By three different sneaker accounts, just in case something happens, because yeah. I got burned one time because I really wanted to get something. I missed it. Now I'm like, I can't have that happen ever again. It's nuts. I'll be, it's trauma. That's that sneakerhead trauma right there. It like, straight up is. Like, it really is like, oh, like the Red Octobers have now ruined me. Like, that happened yo, like almost 10 years ago. And now it's still like the very first thing in my mind when I'm like, two, two laptops, two phones. And I had like, though, I think I was at my girlfriend's house and, and she like she was living in the basement, but didn't have Wi-Fi. So I was we were bar, bar I was borrowing the Wi-Fi from oh, the man. top floor. So I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, we were just chilling, and I was off that day, and I was just like, I just see Twitter, hey, Red October's just dropped, and I just like, I was like, <laughs> I was just like, please hurry up, <laughs> and nah, big L on that one. I mean, if 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 I was able. To succumb all those obstacles and still be able to cop those shoes, uh, I'd probably that'd probably be the biggest win. Maybe. That'd be the grill. It'd be like, oh, like I made it. Like I did this one thing. Like you'd be telling your grandchildren about it. <laughs> I felt like an idiot because I got through on um, the dunk highs. I mean, the uh, the diamond supplies, the highs that week. So mm-hmm. when I got those, I was like, oh, like I'm good for the weekend. Like I got like, you know, like the hyped up shoe, like I'm feeling myself. It's Valentine's Day weekend. So like, you know, everything's really going smooth. I'm feeling great. And then that Sunday I got that notification and missed it. I was like, oh, no, like <laughs> we'll we'll never do this again. We will never be down this bad. We will never look this desperate. Oh, that changed something. To me. Again, I've not been the same since that moment. Like. <laughs> Everybody knows what they were when they got that notification and realized they weren't getting through. Oh, my God. I mean, it was that that the whole the whole releasing sneakers on Twitter, like, oh, my God, it's more of just like I like I I hate like you don't get them. Mm -hmm. But sneakers, it's like Nike being like, oh, this just dropped and you have to click on that link or, mm-hmm. or people were like, yo, I found a way you just got to Google such and such and it'll link it. And I'll be like, man, I'm not doing all of that. Like I'm like trying to go through your domain yeah. and like add these numbers in and then it should add directly to cart. Like people don't realize like the adding to cart, like just hoping that that thing would just end up in your Oh ad. my God. Yeah. That process of clicking repeatedly and just like, oh, like, please go through, please go through. Maybe if I open up a new tab, maybe if like I log out and then log back in like just all like, these weird superstitions about like hoping that like you know this would just like work out in your favor and yeah. it never necessarily like did anything it was just a matter of like how fast was your internet connection uh-huh. and you know did they care about your ip that morning <laughs> i mean but it still instilled in me that like oh until it tells you 
like until you're like officially denied, keep trying for like 30 minutes. Until it's sold out. <laughs> even after it's sold out, I'm still gonna check like I'm still hitting the yeah, I'm still hitting the refresh. Yeah, refreshing it, like maybe they pop back up. Maybe like y'all gonna release them again. <laughs> Man, I mean, so you went to school. did you go to school for like I mean, I don't even know how you get into your field, so I can't even ask. Like, yes, <laughs> it's a really weird. Like, I, I went to school for theater, so that okay. was like kind of like what the plan was. Like, and I really wanted to perform. I wanted to do all of that stuff. Um, but as far as like production goes, it was kind of like the the perfect segue of like you know, acting is not like a guaranteed like you know thing. You, it's the yeah. only job in the world where every time you want to do that job, you have to prove you can do that job by auditioning. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, after a while, it's like you just want some stability and you just want things to just like, you know, make a little bit more sense and to make consistent money and all of that. And uh, a production opportunity came up and mm-hmm. it was more like, you know, like the the uh, administrative kind of coordinator level. So it was very mm-hmm. entry level of like, you know, when somebody got booked to like, you know, speak at this engagement, just make sure their flight is booked and make sure they have car right. service and like all of those things. Um, and I was doing that and that's kind of what then evolved into like, you know, booking talent and doing all of that good stuff. So definitely not a, a typical career trajectory, but um, definitely one of the most rewarding because uh, I get to work with cool people all of the time and different shows and different audiences. And it's taken me literally from Chicago now out here to L.A. And yeah, it's been a really it's been a really fun uh, almost 10 years of doing this, man. Yeah, I mean, that that's absolutely wild. I mean, I were I I went to school for print and I ended up working in entertainment. So it's like <laughs> it doesn't make any yeah. sense. It's just, yeah, the opportunities kind of pop up and it's like, well, this is what I'm doing now. And, you know, when this doesn't make sense anymore or if I'm not happy anymore doing it, then we'll figure out the next thing. But I'm still rolling with it, man. Like, I'm really yeah. enjoying it so far. Were, were you like. I mean, I guess were you like the freshest on set? <laughs> you know what? The f- I yes, but mm. the the fun thing about it was like I would try to pair the shoes to the person that was like you know coming through, mm. or if I knew that the person coming through was a sneakerhead, it would be like oh like a nice like you know conversation thing. Because I'll be honest, talking to talent is very hard because mm-hmm. you know you don't know these people, you don't know what like you know like what kind of mood they're gonna be in. Um, you don't want to bother them or annoy them. And sometimes sneakers are like that connective tissue are just like, mm-hmm. oh, like I can spark up a convo because I noticed you got on some Air Maxes or like, oh, like, you know, I did some research on you and I know like, you know, you're a big sneaker person for this. Um, the first time I got to work with Questlove uh, was for his book tour in 2016. Mm-hmm. And at the time he was literally wearing the uh, Pirate Black Yeezys. Wow. 350s mm-hmm. and we talked about that for like half an hour about like you know like his favorite shoes like you know like what he was currently wearing how like that was like the best shoe for him for traveling because he could just mm-hmm. throw them on and like you know they were great for flights and all this stuff um super dope and it's even then sometimes worked out where like i've been able to work with people because i know about like you know what they do and like their uh, career so like one of these joints i put out for you um i got to work with tinker hatfield mm-hmm. um that same year um, it was the year. I don't that know why that was my had. reaction. It sounded, it sounded like I, it sounded like you told me like I got this big. I got a I got a, a chicken sandwich for you. I was like, mm. <laughs> I got hungry. He was like, oh, this like hit me like on a different spot. I wasn't expecting this. It, uh, it was super dope. It was the year the hyper adapts came out. It was the year that they had released or like they were getting ready to release the uh, auto lace and mags. So he was there and like he oh, talked man. about like the shoes and he, the cool thing was the place that I worked for. We used to. Um, 
bring in students to uh, have like private meet and greets with some of like the guests that we had. And he took the hyper adepts off of his feet and he let every kid try them on. And the shoes wow. weren't out yet. It was like a week or two before they officially released. So all of them are like trying the shoes on and like they're like having like the whole moment and everything. Um, but backstage, I was like, you know, I need to have my moment too. Like I'm trying to like, you know, <laughs> you know talk to whatever. Yeah. Um, and my favorite Jordan model is the Jordan 3. So I brought my, uh, my uh, True Blues uh, mm-hmm. backstage. And yeah, he uh, blessed them. Wow. And them on the side. Um, yeah, these are like my babies. He didn't Do you even wear those. Like, no, you just these are just been sitting in a box, just like chilling. Like, they'll crumble at some point, and I might even get them resold. That way they look just as good. But nah, I've never, you can even see like the, the look at the, the, how cloudy these are. Yeah. Like, before we jump back into the episode, I want to talk to you about Drops and Collect by Soul Savvy. With Drops and Collect, you are able to stay ahead of the game. Using drops, you can enter raffles and set alerts for any and all restocks. It will help you never miss another release ever again. And after you cop some fresh kicks, use collect to manage your collection. I'm also still in the process of adding my kicks to collect. And it I'm telling you, it takes some time. But What's really cool about Collect is that you can also make trades with no fees if you're a current member. But don't worry, if you aren't a member, you just have to pay a flat rate of $8. Now, how do you get to these apps? All you have to do is use the link in the description of this podcast or in the link tree for this podcast. Download these apps and grow your collection by helping the podcast. That's right. Just use the links in the description and start expanding your collection today. These have never touched the ground. Um, he did these for me, and then um, the Jordan 30s came out that year. The uh, Koi 54 pair, the Cosmic like Galaxy joints. Yeah. Um, he signed those for me, too. So both of those were wow. signed. They're still sitting in the closet. Um, but yeah, shoes have been like a fun kind of like, you know, segue through all of it. You weren't nervous, man. I would have been like, (laughs) (laughs) here's what happened. Funny enough, I come backstage, like I knew he was there. I wasn't even in the show, but I was like, I know where he's at and I'm not going to not be here for this. Mm -hmm. So I had like a quick break where I ran up to the uh, theater that he was at. And when I got there, they were like, our printer isn't working and we need somebody to print out like the questions and everything to put on note cards. Like I'm like sitting back there typing away, doing all this stuff. And they knew that I wanted to meet him. So they came up behind me while I'm like putting like the stuff and typing everything up. And he literally taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hi, I'm Tinker Hatfield. I'm just like, hi, I'm Anthony. I literally am working on the questions for you to get asked on stage. And if I don't do this, this isn't going to go well. Mm -hmm. So like, give me like five minutes and then like we can like. Please just like just give me like a minute. Stay right here. I'm like, let me do my job real quick and just stay right where you are, and we can like figure this whole thing out. Um, that part made me nervous, but once I got through that and then like you know chatted with them, it was they say don't meet your heroes, but like I literally got to meet mine, and it was like he was so nice, he was so gracious, he had uh, so much to say about like Chicago and like you know Jordan and his time like you know working for Nike and like all of this stuff. And when I brought out the shoes, he starts telling me stories about them, too, of like, you know, I remember the first time I showed these to Mike and I was so nervous. And he's like, these always bring back memories. I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like, just trying to, like, soak up all soak of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, uh, not nah, the coolest, nicest and didn't have to be that nice because I'm like, you aren't like, you know, like. You are the royalty at this point. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you literally are releasing the shoe that sneakerheads across the world have been waiting for like their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And 
you sitting back here talking to like, you know, the person that's the lowest on the totem pole who didn't even book you for this, who was just excited that you're here. Um, and yeah, he gave me like 10 minutes of his time. And man, one of the best. When you say like, did I peak when I was in seventh grade when I stepped <laughs> on the shoes? Yes, until this happened. And then I was just like, nah, nobody can touch me. Nobody can mess with me. This is the best thing that's ever happened in my entire life. Man, I mean, shoot, that's one of my goals to meet, to meet Tinker. Because like his shoes and I mean, just and that and working with like Peter Moore and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like, you know, I, I would have like a gajillion questions. He'd probably be like, what's what's wrong with this nerd over here? But, <laughs> but, <laughs> Giving like his guy to eye like, hey, like we got to get him out of here. It's really taking up some time. <laughs> But not, and the funny thing is like he definitely like near the end of it was like all right well i gotta go oh, yeah. like, it was like you don't because you're not about to go speak or do anything but i definitely had been around a little bit too long but again he was very nice about it i've learned that you know take five minutes of somebody's time and then like you know leave mm-hmm. before like you get asked to leave i but, mean listen I, I i feel i feel you i don't know if i shared this story on here but i i met my idol which is nas mm-hmm. uh oh, wow. Uh, I went to a Q&A and I asked him uh, a music question. And then I, and while everybody kept asking him about like, what do you feel about like, you know, black boys in the world? And, I, and, and he was just like, he was just like, he was just like, I hate these questions. So I, I, I hit him up with two hip hop related questions about his songs. And I mean, well, I hit up with one and then he goes, He's like, yo, ask another one. And then I'll oh, end wow. on that. So he gave me two questions. I was the only person that asked two questions. And then oh, after, yeah. after it finished, uh, everybody was trying to go up, take pictures with him and stuff like that. And he moved everybody out the way, came up to me, dat me up. Yes. And he spoke to me for, we spoke for like five minutes, yo. I was like, I was like, this, this, this is the, this is the peak. This is, the, like, this is I'm where him. <laughs> I'm the man. This is the moment. Nobody, everybody look at me different. Talk to me nice. Like I've arrived. <laughs> I'm here. And then the, <laughs> the, the movie, the uh, movie he was talking about is, uh, well, he was doing a Q and a for it was time is Illmatic. So I worked at time Inc at the time. Okay. And so the director after Nas came up, came up to me, the director of the movie came up to me and was just like, you're man of the hour. I was just like, man, what is going on? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like the lowest of the low. Like I was just like a, a, a like a regular worker there. Like you could basically say mailroom at the mailroom level. <laughs> but and you feel five inches tall after <laughs> that moment. You're like, I need a raise. I need all of the things because guys, the, the, the most insane thing has ever happened and it's never going to happen again. Man, I mean, I definitely learned like it, it, it's okay to meet your heroes, but you know, sometimes people are just having bad days, and I don't think you should. I don't think it's. I don't think. I don't think the term "you should never meet your heroes" is valid because that person you still looked up to, up to them for a reason. Mm-hmm. Except you can catch them on a bad day, or you can catch them at like the end of just like the longest day, and they're trying to get the hell out of there. You know, absolutely. So, yeah. And I think too, like the thing that like a lot of people don't realize is like when you know you're just like dealing with folks like that that are high profiles, like they're getting this every couple of minutes. Like you know, everybody is having that moment of like you know I'm having the best moment of my life because I got to touch something like you know immaculate and beautiful. And yeah, like you said, it's just it's really like that tap dance of just like you know you don't want to bother, you don't want to over encumber somebody. So yeah, it's just it's kind of like that you know don't take too much. Don't get in that position where you're getting asked to leave. Uh-huh. You know, just, you know, <laughs> don't get carried have, away by security. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it really is just as small as like, you know, just like acknowledging them of just like, oh, like I know you are, smile. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. 
And you can kind of test based off of that of like, can I approach this person? Can I ask for a question? Like, you know, can I get a photo, whatever, like all of those things. It's really like you said, though, just you never know a move somebody's in. So it's like, you know, don't push it too far. <laughs> just, you know, kind of match energy. Yeah, I think that that it, there is definitely an art to to talking to people that everybody keeps talking to, you know, yes. like the, I don't know if you have an icebreaker question, but I always have like one in the chamber for for people like so if I if I if I so say if I I run into like because it's happened before, but like to so say if I run into like static selector or something like that. Right. And I always have like in my head, I have like a just a general question of like it, it could just be like, hey, how's everything? And then if mm-hmm. they answer of like, you know, like a, uh, a like a, their response is more inviting of of more conversation then then you just jump in and then you, you can start. But th- nobody wants to talk about work like that's nah. my my thing. Right. You know, like I'm not going to come to you and be like, yo, so tell me about your job. And the, you just spent your whole day doing your job. Like, I'm trying to get away from that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, mine has always been uh, talking about food. Usually it's like if I catch you early in the morning, where are you going to go eat? If I caught you later in the day, where did you go like, you know, eat earlier? Mm-hmm. Have you eaten like whatever? Because then that opens up for like, you know, if you haven't, do you need recommendations? Mm-hmm. Oh, you ate at this place? I love that spot. Oh, you ate at this spot I've never been to? Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Oh, you ate at this place? That place is trash and you actually should have gone here. <laughs> like it kind of just opens up for like, you know, like something else on top of it. But it could easily just be two questions of like, where did you eat? Oh, based off of that, here's this thing. And it could literally be that. And like, that's the end of like the conversation. And like, you know, if you're receptive and like, you know, you want to keep chatting, we still can. But food has like always been like an easy like icebreaker because everybody has to eat. Everybody has a pilot. Uh, yeah, that's always been my go to. Unless you meet somebody that's like, oh, I only I only drink Soylent. And then you're just like, uh. <laughs> then low key, then you get to have like this really crazy conversation. Like, really? Like, tell me more about why you would choose to do that when, you know, there's so many delicious, incredible things you could be devouring that aren't this weird milk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I hate food and I hate the, the, the idea of chewing. And you're like, uh, okay. You're like, why? Like, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Let's have a conversation about this. You're over here talking to, talking to this person about their generational trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm like, I would rather have that conversation with somebody than like, you know, something like, you know, like, oh, like the weather is nice or whatever. I'm like, no, tell me about why you don't like to chew food. I need to understand this one because I ain't never experienced this before. He's like, I I, I lived in uh, Cupertino for about like, I was working under Steve Jobs. You're just like, oh, okay. Rolling. Like, this is insane. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, so, so, you know, you, you did your, you did your thing there and, you know, booking Questlove. Well, no, helping Help, no, you booked Questlove, but you helped Tinker Hatfield. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. there we go. I got yeah. it. And, and so, like, how did how did you end up on the doorsteps of uh, Complex at that point, man? Complex was a funny kind of like thing. It it was I was actually at another company before that, and uh, it's a whole other story that we could get into that then led to Complex. But um, literally, right, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's jump into that. Basically, what happened, uh, the uh, job that I was at, um, my manager at the time, he was leaving to go work at Complex. Um, And like we had like a whole conversation about it. And like he was like, you know, this is a great opportunity for you, like the the place that I was at before that. And he was like, you know, you could really like grow here and all these things. And I was like, that's dope. But I really wanted to work at Complex. So Mm -hmm. I was like, if that's where you're going, I was like two things. I was like, I want to work with you and I really want to work at Complex because I was Mm -hmm. like, I love this brand. 
it made me feel seen. It made me feel like somebody out there was making content just for me. Right. That yeah. was like, you know, just putting things in the world that I wanted to be a part of. And I was like, yeah, if you have any opportunities, once you get there, that's where I want to be. Um, so yeah, shout out to uh, Ant for doing that for me, uh, bringing me into the fold on that. But I was there for about a year and a half. Um, and it was not at all what I thought that I was going to be doing before that. But yeah. That was exactly what I wanted when I wanted it. And again, you're not supposed to meet your heroes, but like it all lived up to the hype. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, when I came in there, uh, the plan originally was uh, not actually talent booking. It was going to be more uh, uh, working with uh, the internal talent and just making sure that like, you know, when we do like branded opportunities and things like that, that that would be more of like, you know, like what my lane would be. Mm -hmm. But um, Full Size Run didn't have a booker as I got there. And it was like, oh, like, you know, we know you like shoes and we know you have talent books. So we'll put you there. Did you and, make it known that you were like, yo, I'm in the sneakers? Or? Well, he knew it because uh, like we had worked at another place before that for like, you know, a couple months. And he had just seen like, you know, like what I was posting on Instagram or what I would wear to the office and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he he saw all of that. And he was like, you know, like, oh, I can tell that's something that you're interested in. Um, but it just worked out perfect. Like literally like the first time I jumped in and like, you know, just got to like chop it up with the the producers and with the host about it. Um, it just felt so organic because it was just like, I get to book this thing. Like I'm booking people that I want to see in the chair. I'm booking people right. that I want to hear these interviews with. And yeah, it's like when you get that perfect thing of like, I want to be doing this and y'all also are enjoying what I'm doing. It's the best situation you'll ever have. Like, yeah, I, you're not you're not working at that point. You're just it didn't feel like work. There was never a, a time sitting in that chair and being in that seat and working on that show where I felt like, oh, like this is not what I want to be doing. Like, no, I came into work every day excited. We had our uh, Wednesday producer call to like talk through, you know, where bookings were and like what episodes were like coming up, and that was like the time. And I was like, this is sacred. Nobody bothered me. Nobody asked me for anything. Like, this is what I am focused on right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the best. Like, I think the first season that I worked on the show uh, was tricky just because it's different than a lot of shows like in that it's a weekly show. So the mm -hmm. show literally like they like it to feel newsy. They want it to like, you know, feel like whatever sneaker news just came out, we can discuss that as it happens. Mm -hmm. And with most shows, you're kind of like working with talent a couple of weeks in advance. So it's kind of hard trying to like, you know, time that out perfectly so that, right, yeah. all right, let's have this person on the show this week. That way they can speak towards this thing that's happening. And like, you know, we can also hit on this thing of sneaker news and hopefully it's still fresh by the mm -hmm. time the episode airs. Like it's a weird kind of game of Tetris that you're playing, putting the whole Especially the first season. Like once, once you get the bearings in, people are like, yeah. okay, you know, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, I know this is coming out. Like, you know, exactly. I'm like like it's I'm, the first I'm, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat, man. <laughs> <laughs> the first time doing it, it was just like, you know, you, you got to figure out like your timing and like, you know, you yeah. got to figure out like how to like, you know, get the balance of it. But by second season, it was just like, oh, this is, I'm no longer scared of doing it. I was like, I'm actually really mm -hmm. excited to be doing this. And then the guests on it were just so much fun. I think my second season, Grant Hill was the premiere. Um, then we had uh, the kid Miro on the show. We had uh, Lupe Fiasco, who was my favorite rapper of all time. Um, and I actually got to be in the studio for that one. Like the timing just worked out wow. that I was there did, for it. Did you ask him about um, those Terminators? 
<laughs> they asked them a lot of questions that uh, like I didn't have to because like they did it on the show for me. I mean, I mean, I'm about to say, did you wear your Terminators? <laughs> I was going to buy uh, the Converse, the patent leather joints that he oh, did yeah. uh, way back uh-huh. when. I found a pair, but they just didn't look good. I was like, right, I'm just going to leave these alone. I'm not going to do it. And then it was funny because on the show, he actually mentions that uh, that pair was not one that he like fully designed himself. It was more mm-hmm. like hey, here's like what we're thinking of like, you know, having for you as like, you know, part of this whole rollout with Converse. And he was like, these are cool. So it was like, <laughs> I felt better knowing that like, you know, I didn't show up like, oh, like I got these things that like, you know, I want to get signed, like paying homage for him to be like, yeah, like they're fun. But like, that's not really like, you know, like a thing that like I put like my whole stamp on. Yeah. I was kind of happy I didn't spend like, you know, like the, the extra coins on it. But yeah, like that was, it was the coolest thing. And then it was fun too, because we then got to figure out the rhythm of like, you know, what does the audience want to see? And like, you know, what's going to like, you know, really push the numbers up and who are people that would only make sense for this show versus others. Like we had uh, uh, Z Sneaker has Z on the show mm-hmm. um, last season, the season, which is my last one working on it. Right. And yeah. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. Um, so just having him on and just talking about like being the biggest, you know, sneaker leaker on IG was mm-hmm. nuts. And like, it was, like yeah, I watched that episode was, on the treadmill. I was just like, <laughs> I was out. I was like, yo, this is spit right now. It was such a fun one. And then at the end of it, he, it was like a full circle yeah. moment because then he leaked like, he oh, leaked the 17s it. are coming back out. And I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, like <laughs> this feels like exactly how I wanted this to go. And then we got this like fun tidbit of information at the end of it. Man, like I said, there was never a time where that felt like work because it was the coolest thing I've ever gotten to do. So during that time, you lived in New York. At, I was actually in L.A. So that was oh. the wild thing. It was uh, I'm in L.A. The show is completely in New York. Uh, the whole team is based out of there. So mm-hmm. I was watching the show on Zoom. So I would book the show here. I would like handle everything. But we had, uh, you know, somebody on my team was there to make sure that when talent arrived, that they got escorted upstairs mm-hmm. uh, from there, like got mic'd, all of that stuff ended up in the chair. All of that was taken care of. Um, I only was there in the room for three shoots. Wow. I did 40 episodes and I only got to see three of them. That is insane how that I don't even know how that works, because like (laughs) I feel like you would have you should be there. Right. I mean, you know, it's like because our team was so good, it was like I had somebody literally there who was just so on top of it that it was like I just handed her the keys basically to be like, hey, it's full of gas. This is where you got to go. This is what you got to do. And like, yeah, it's taken care of. And the best thing, too, is that now she's booking the show. So it's like literally it's like she got to, you know, be proxy to it for so long that it's like now it feels organic for her working on it. Shout out to Whitney. She's crushing the show now. Um, But yeah, it's like that's how good of a team that it was. And that, again, also kind of speaks volumes to why it was such a fun show to work on, because in addition to it being something I was passionate about, the team was also just so good about like, you know, just keeping things going and making sure that the talent was taken care of and making sure that they had a good time on set that I never had anything to worry about. So as much as I would have loved to have been there and, you know, some episodes I really would have loved to have like, you know, met the people that I was working with being on zoom was like, yeah, Mondays working on those episodes was again, the best because I'm getting to see these episodes raw before they get cut up and edited. And mm-hmm. I have to then sit on this for three days before it actually goes live. Like, man, never felt like work. Not <laughs> yeah. I mean, shoot. Now, one of my goals is definitely to at least like help produce an episode or something. I don't know. Eventually one time, I don't know if it, if it'll happen. Like I would love to work on a show such like that because, uh, 
it's just really cool. I like that it's it it's not like you know a typical just oh here's the shoes you know like I grew up I grew up one of my favorite shows uh, that Complex put on was Quick Strike with Russ mm. and and mm-hmm. DJ Clark Kent. So you know they took that ESPN style yeah and they made it like you know PTI it was basically PTI but yeah. with sneakers you know and I I found that. Like, that's where I was just like, man, I would love to work on that show. And then when Full Size Run came out and they added the goofy elements and the the editor notes. And I was just like, man, this is like I like that it evolved and and it's more it's fun. And there's inside jokes and there's a whole community around it that 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 just made it just like really just more fun to watch. You know, 30 you get 30 minutes with them and that's all you need. Yeah. And the fun thing, it was like it was a nice uh, I can show the juxtapose against sneaker shopping because sneaker shopping, it's like anybody can do the show. Right. It's like all you have to do is just literally like just talk about your career as it relates to sneakers, Mm -hmm. buy some sneakers. And like, you know, it's a fun time. It's a really great show and it works for exactly what it does. And full size run, I think, is like the long form, like we need a sneakerhead because you got to be able to talk about shoes for like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. It was a nice show of like, you know, you kind of get the best of both worlds of like. Here's like the digestible 15 minutes of like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson talking about like his favorite type of shoes. And then on the other end, it's like, you know, I think today's episode is Michael Strahan Mm -hmm. talking about like, you know, his career in sneakers. And I'm like, it's two completely different things. Strahan can do both of these shows. I don't know that Samuel L. Jackson makes sense for both of these, but like they both have their own lanes for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Samuel L. Jackson did full size run. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But I loved that, you know, like that was kind of how the shows were like built. I would just, I just want him to do. I would just want him to do a uh, flip a drip, like just, <laughs> just give me that. Samuel Jackson, got, dude. <laughs> if he got a skit from Trinidad James, he would be cussing out everybody on set, and it'd be one of the funniest things of all time. <laughs> but like even like that moment of like you know just seeing how they would go about choosing like the photos and like because that's the fun thing is that the uh, the guest never knows what the picture is going to be until they see it. Yeah. So like it's like a huge surprise for them even like all they know is that it's a moment within the show that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, sometimes it's like they're going down memory lane talking about like, oh, I remember, you know, sitting like here when like, you know, this thing was happening. Like to me, the best one still is Lupe Fiasco when he's talking about sitting uh, in Paris, Paris Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. And the photo is him uh, like on like the runway, like sitting down next to Kanye. Don sees behind them, teases mm-hmm. behind him. Kim Kardashian and Reggie Bush are like two seats down and him just giving us like all of the background on what happened, Uh how that kind of came to be, what he was wearing, everything. I'm like, this is the best. Like, (laughs) it does not get better than this, man. That I mean, that's why I'm very curious. Like, did you get to like, were you I mean, you said you were working on Zoom, but like, where did you get to go to the office? Like, were you were you being like, all right, let me put I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to up my game. Like where you, you know, like <laughs> um, what is the, what is the, the office like over there? Uh, the office is so cool. It's like, it's, it's almost like a museum of everything complex, right? It's like you mm-hmm. walk in and like you have photos from like, you know, all of these different shoots and uh, there's always talent, like walking around and working on different things. And yeah, it's just like a really like lively and energetic place. Um, I was there at a really interesting time because it was kind of as we were coming out of COVID. So it wasn't like the same bustling place. So like I would hear stories about like, oh, like, you know, before the pandemic, it was like people would be bumping music and like, you know, talent would be just like walking around talking to people. And like, it was uh, like day in the life or like, you know, like a day in the office, the shows they used to have, they were like, it looked just like that. Mm -hmm. The show was just like, you know, somebody turned on a camera. 
So, yeah, I didn't get to experience that, unfortunately, because I feel like that would have been the coolest thing. But um, it was just like a cool place of just like, oh, like this is this is such like, you know, like a monumental place in pop culture. And there's even like a huge wall where everybody like, you know, that comes through will like sign it and like, Mm -hmm. you know, say what date they were there and stuff. Um, Yeah. Going in there was always one of the most fun things. Um, And yeah, because of like, you know, like the prestige and all of that. Yeah. You had to step your shoes up a little bit. So every time that I was in New York and I was going by the office, I always like, you know, pack some new stuff or, Mm -hmm. you know, something I thought might like, you know, break some necks. I think the first time I actually went for a shoot um, because Welty's a big New Balance guy and because Brennan's just like an encyclopedia of everything shoes. Mm -hmm. um, I wore a pair of Kith Steel Blue new balances 998s mm-hmm. from like 2012 yeah and the two of them just like even giving me like the yeah like i see what you got on i was just like oh like this is the best um and then like another time i was there and i got to meet bun b and i made sure i wore like you know some good dunks that way oh, like you know I, ba- I embarrassed myself in front of bun b man word <laughs> at uh at complex con uh 2020 i went um and i i kept bumping into him and every time it was like I was trying to like have a conversation with him, but I was also too nervous to have the conversation with him. Oh, and then so then I ran into him the first time and I was just like, yo, man, uh, uh, you know, don't be wearing a Catholic jacket, whatever. And he's just like, all right, yeah, you know, whatever. And he's just like, you know, I'm trying to go this way. Do you know where this is? And I and he was talking about the the food lagoon, or I don't know what they call it. What they call yeah, it yeah. back the then? The lagoon, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know what they called it originally. The for in 2020. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So so then they they were like, I was just like, yeah, it's that way. So then he we go over there. They go over there. He goes over there, and he's by himself. This is mm. the craziest part. And so he goes over there. I like an hour later. I go there. And then I bump into him. I like literally bump into him. And I was like, oh, snap, Bumpy. And then <laughs> and he's like, hey, man. And he just like he just looks lost and he's like eating, but he's looking lost. But I think he's trying to find like a place to sit. And then he just like walks around. He's just like, yeah, he just smiles at me. And then and then there's a third <laughs> time I'm sitting down. We're sitting down. This is like another hour later, sitting down in the same spot. And he passes by me again. And I was just like, what's up, Bumby? And he was just like, hey, man. And then it was just like, there was like, that was it. And I was just like, man, I got to stop saying what's up to him. You're like, this dude, he's probably like, he's stalking me. Like, yeah. this dude is following me around. He's putting an air tag inside of my back pocket <laughs> and just knows where I'm at all over this drink. That's funny. <laughs> but I mean, he's still nice. And then next year, obviously, I don't know if he was just scoping it out to bring Bun B's burgers. Uh, oh, yeah. The next year. Burgers. But Have yeah. you had one? Nah, I, the line was too long when I went last year. OK, I, I went just early enough that the line had gotten long, but I was still able to get one. And I actually went back the following day and got two more. Um, They actually live up to the hype, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's going to be there this year. I'll be there this year. So make that movement i'm yeah, hoping yeah. that i can get back out for it i think i might have something that conflicts with it unfortunately mm. but i'm trying to trying to keep the option open if i can make <laughs> it i would really really like to because I, I was talking to one of my coworkers last year it was actually so last year was my first time going to one um in long beach i had gone uh, when it was in chicago that one year in 2019 yeah. uh, it was a great time but it's very different the long beach one versus that one um and going to the long beach uh joint it was Similar to like your experience of just like seeing people, it was just the yeah. coolest thing of like, there's so many installations, so many different places to get merch, great mm-hmm. food, great like, you know, live shows and stuff happening that 
um, yeah, it was just like, it felt like, again, like complex creates like, you know, like the stuff that I love mm-hmm. complex, uh, con just felt like, Oh, like I'm with all of the people that I yeah. love people that look like me and like, you know, are interested in what I'm interested in. I remember walking around at one point on Sunday, I'm like Futura just like walked right in front of me at one point. Yeah. Like, I said what it was too. I was you know what I'm saying? like, I, yeah. And I was like, Oh, snap Futura. But I was online for that, that market, uh, oh, okay, yeah whatever which i was i didn't even buy it was just you just walk in you talk to a lawyer and i was just like all right man <laughs> like, i could have spent like five minutes talking to future because i'm i was just i would have been like because i met him and i do you, i don't know if you know what dunk exchanges were oh, yeah. yeah yeah so i went to one of like the first couple i was oh, actually super. at the, like the first like anytime they did one in new york during those like four years that they were running um okay. that i was there so uh the one of the third it's like the first second or third futura was there and so he was doing literally like art on the wall oh and, wow and then when he stopped i was just like i had a black because i i do graffiti so it was just like okay. uh don't, i'm not, allegedly um and so, <laughs> and, so, and so i gave him my book to write in my black book and i have okay. this future like throwy in my in my my book um but i just wanted to talk to him about that like i was just like because he looks he looks like he doesn't know where he is at all times <laughs> like yeah, it's like <laughs> i would almost describe it as like he looks like he like just appeared yeah like he's just there he's like, just, just walking tell, around like, like the aliens just dropped him yeah right where he's he is. very much like a, he looks like comfortable like he doesn't look out of sorts at all <laughs> but it's very much just like a oh like it's he looks so casual that you're almost like i don't want to approach him because he seems so chill but at the same time it's like i feel like i could because he looks like he's not necessarily like rushing to do anything mm-hmm. but super nice guy but uh, nice i think guy. to your point about bun b me and a coworker at one point were just like goofing off talking about how cool complex con is because like anything could happen you could bump into anybody it's so much fun mm-hmm. and literally we were standing at uh, the bar in the hotel afterwards like you know just like hanging out and i bumped into somebody and like i'm like oh my fault bro and it's uh dj clark kenny turns around he's like oh you all good bro and i'm just like this isn't real like this isn't a real place like what just happened like yeah coolest, one of the coolest weekends that you'll ever experience hands down is complex that i and I, I made the biggest mistake of not bringing stickers so like i but it was it, it's the second year i went and i've been okay. doing this podcast for this is about to be three years so yeah. the it was very interesting to like actually talk to people and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, I know you about your podcast. And I was just like, what? Like, you know, it was because the first year it, it, it was more of just like it, they were trying to get the bearings. And it was like 2021, you know, post COVID. So people mm-hmm. weren't really sure. So, you know, it was very spaced out. And last year was just packed. It was yeah. just packed. So last yeah. year was a good time. Last year was really fun. I mean, not to not to 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 just go down memory lane on this podcast about, <laughs> about conflicts con, but, but you know, what is like, what, wh- because you moved into, you moved from the East coast to the West coast. Like, wh- have you been able to experience the LA like sneaker scene and like, you know, like what, what everybody talks about, like Fairfax and undefeated and, I'm going to be honest, not really, you know, I think partially because like I'm getting older and like I just don't have the patience for it like I used to. Um, and, you know, I, I tell everybody like it's a young man's game, like being able to keep up with everything that's going on, being able to enter every single raffle, being able to be in every cook group so that you know what's releasing and when it's going to shock drop and all that. I'm like, 
yo, like I, I'm trying to like build a career now. Like <laughs> if anything, I'd like to get to a place where it's like if I can't get what I want, I could just pay for a resale and just call it call it a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely like you know I've gone to a lot of different shops. I've checked out a lot of the uh, the uh, SB uh, tier zero spots to just like you know see what's out there and like you know just get an idea of like you know if I wanted to grab something and do like the whole thing where would I need to go? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say it was a lot easier for me in Chicago to get what I wanted versus here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was just the proximity and like how it's not as spread out as LA is, mm-hmm. but um, I was in Chicago before I actually moved to LA. I was out there for almost 10 years. Whoa, and, okay. uh, the Chicago scene was fun. Like there's stores like Notra, um, you know, stores like St. Alfred, uh, the Nike Chicago, obviously. Trophy um, Rome. <laughs> what, there's a trophy room in Chicago now? No, I'm just messing with you. I don't understand why he doesn't open one there. I don't know why it's in Orlando. It but makes a lot yeah. of sense. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot of uh, spots out there that, like, did legit raffles. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, my local uh, sneaker shop was um, Uprise. And nice, Uprise yeah. conducts the most transparent and honest raffles I've ever experienced. I won so many dunks through them, more than I did anywhere else. Like what the P rods I got through them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uh, I actually hit on me and my wife got the uh, Maui Wowies when they released them. Okay. Um, but similarly, uh, Notra, uh, I hit on a lot of stuff from them. Most of my off white came from them. The, uh, wow. the, the neon Air Force Ones I got through them. The uh, black uh, Air Max ninety off whites I got through them. Uh, a couple of FOGs, like you name it. Like I was hitting on that stuff like regularly. Yeah, you uh, Chicago, Chicago treated me really, really well <laughs> as far as like shoes went. Um, and here, like, you know, I have not had that same experience. <laughs> um, but honestly, I feel like it's a good thing too, just because there hasn't been a lot of stuff that I've wanted. So right. it's not like, like back then, like, you know, like when they were putting out Off-White every other week, Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like there were other collabs coming and like, you know, fun ass bees and stuff dropping. Man, it was it was prime for that because I was there for it. I wanted it all. Everything. Mm-hmm. Now I'm seeing something like once every like two months. And if I don't hit it on, I'm just like, all right, well, yeah, there's another one next that money on anything else. So yeah. I guess I could pay resale if I wanted to, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's L.A. is very, very different in that respect. But mm-hmm. I also feel like it's a different time in my life. So it's like I don't mind the fact that I can't get everything that I want to. Uh, what's your favorite pace? Like, do you like the LA pace or is Chicago more your pace or? Um, different days, different, uh, different things I'm craving. LA pace, I will say it's very, very chill. I think mm-hmm. because we're three hours behind the East coast, it's like, eh, we already like, you know, it's noon by the time, like we started working anyway, like on y'all's time. So it is what it is kind of, <laughs> yeah. um, but like, yeah, it's very like relaxed. It's kind of like, you know, work is not the number one priority and goal for a lot of folks. It's like, you know, actually living life, being able to experience nature, sitting on the mm-hmm. beach and just chilling. Um, and that's definitely a spot that I think I'm in in my life of just like wanting to like slow down and kind of like, you know, enjoying things a little bit more. Uh, Chicago was perfect because it gave me when I was there uh, the taste of being in an alpha city um, straight out of college and like, you know, just figuring out life and all mm-hmm. of that. And it was great. And I would recommend Chicago to anybody that's considering it, especially if like you were a theater major, like, you know, trying to pursue some kind of acting because it's great for that, too. Um, But L.A., I think, makes sense now. Chicago uh, made sense when I was there and it gave me everything that I needed and owes me absolutely nothing. Um, But when I moved out to L.A. and like, you know, there's palm trees like right outside of my front door and it's like, you know, 70 degrees all the time. Yeah. You can't be mad. You wake up and even when even when you're sad, you feel crazy for being sad. You're just like, it's beautiful outside, man. Like 
I'm God's favorite. Like, look at what's <laughs> happening to me right now. <laughs> God's favorite booker right here. <laughs> you know what I'm like, it's, it's a really, really nice vibe. And yeah, my, my family loves it. It's just, it's exactly what I needed for right now. So I miss Chicago dearly. It's a really great place. Um, and I wish that I could have experienced New York at some point too. But LA right now, and like, you know, as I'm approaching my mid-30s, I'm like, it's not bad. It's not I mean, bad New York, New York, New York is still possible. You never know. If if the right opportunity came that paid enough money for me to live the way I wanted to, I would highly consider it. But I like having a car and I like being able to like, you know, kind of like get around how I want it's to in New York. It's overrated. <laughs> well, in LA, you cannot have one. That's a tricky thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I think New York is just like, you know, it would have made sense at a specific point. And I think that if I had gotten the opportunity to work for Complex like pre-pandemic, like when it was like really like popping, it would be like, I have to do this. Yeah. Um, so for the right opportunity, yeah, you're right. I would I would highly consider it. But yeah, it's gonna take a lot to pull me, to pull me away from, you know, 70 degrees, sunny, clear, you know, chilling on the beach if I wanna go there and it only takes me half an hour in order to pull that off any day of the week, man. This is the closest I'm ever get to paradise. Man, I feel you. So well, now we're winding down to the end of the podcast. I do have another mm-hmm. question I like to ask, and Let's that question is: so, the scenario. I need you to. I need you to think about that moment when you're about to, when you're a younger kid, just about to open those seventeenth that box for the seventeenth, the not suitcase box of the seventeenth, <laughs> the actual <laughs> box, a regular <laughs> box with dust bags. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And now you're you mm-hmm. right now you. You went back in time. You put on your air mags. Uh, you went back in time <laughs> and you're standing behind yourself as you're about to open that box. What would you tell yourself as you open that box? Oh, man. What would I tell myself? Um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, everything is going to work out exactly the way that it's going to. I probably tell him you shouldn't buy the lows. You should get the highs, (laughs) especially because this isn't your money. It's your mother's money and she's going to pay regardless. Um, But the big thing would just be like, you know, because I I feel like back then, especially it's like it's a weird time. Like your body's doing weird stuff. You don't know if you're cool or not. You're about to go to high school and you don't even know what that's going to feel like. It's just like, hey, just stay in your lane. Do what you're doing. Everything is going to work out, um, but get the highs, not the lows, bro. Like, <laughs> the only thing you did wrong, you had it down to a T. And like, I even look at like old pictures of myself wearing like the jersey. And I'm just like, it's not even the height the college jersey. It's not even the UNC jersey. It's the Wizards one. So the blue isn't even right. I'm just like, you were so close. We almost had a hit. Like the fit was almost there <laughs> and you bought the wrong shoes. But oh man, everything's going to work out, bro. Like you're doing the right stuff, except for your choice in highs versus lows. <laughs> and Jersey, apparently. <laughs> Loki, I would take the Jersey back. If I can get the Jersey okay. back, I'd still wear the Jersey. I'm very, I, I wish Mitchell and S would make that one. They've touched the Chicago series. They've done mm-hmm. the, the UNC Jersey, but they won't. Because they're trying the- to. They're trying to erase that Michael Jordan even paid for the Wizards, man. And the sad thing is, I'm like, he was still putting up numbers, y'all. He just wasn't getting championships anymore. At that point, he was just running game for fun. Like, should he have done it? And, like, did it kind of, like, tarnish the legacy? That's a whole different debate. But ultimately, I'm like, the man gave up his entire salary for 9-11 victims and was just playing ball just for, like, the sport of it and was still putting up 30 on some people. Like, it's not a bad situation. I would gladly buy that Michelin Nash jersey for $300 right now if they drop it. 
Mitchell and Nessie. If, anybody if you're listening, Nessie, if you're please. listening, I know that you are. You know that you Just are. Saying, if anybody there is listening, <laughs> that's the jersey that I want. That's the one I'm holding out on. If I can get that one, I feel like I could retire from jerseys for the rest of my life. <laughs> you can wear that on a beach. <laughs> straight up, like tan lines looking absolutely nuts. But like I would buy that jersey and love it and enjoy the absolute hell out of it. Man, yeah. So perfectly said. Everything you said, perfectly said. Uh, thanks for jumping on this episode, Conway. And for everybody Absolutely. out there, you know what we say each week. Wear your kicks. Peace.